The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another edition of NBA Today. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. Follow me at CorbinNBA. Please do. Really appreciate it. Today is Wednesday, March 11th, 2020. Hope you're having a fine Wednesday wherever you may be listening to this at whatever time you may be listening to this. It's a beautiful day to be happy. Always. Gonna run through a couple uh, segments here, make it a little bit of a shorter episode. Got some birthday butts to hit. Just two, really. Gonna talk about the increased impact of the coronavirus on the NBA. And then find my, finally, my thoughts on a, a team or two. Let's see where we're going. As we uh, get to the home stretch, into the playoffs, hopefully. So to start, gotta start with the birthday buds. Just two, like I said, one legendary, played almost 40 years ago. Well, not almost 40, yeah, almost 40 years ago at this point. Um, the other is just about that age. <laughs> so the first one, the legendary late great Jim McMillan. Uh, he was born March 11th, 1948, in Rayford, North Carolina. He died on May 16th at the age of 68, uh, May 16th, 2016. I went to college, Columbia University, played uh, 10 seasons from 1970 to 1979, 19, or eight, nine seasons from 1970, 71, 1978 to 1979. Uh, he was the 13th pick of the Lakers in the 1970 NBA draft, really developed and began his ascent in that 1972 season where he fully came to his own, replaced that legend Eldon, Elgin Baylor who retired at the age of 37 that year and took over the small four position and played well. I mean, you forget that legendary team won 33 straight games, went 69-13, and 13, uh, had greats like Will Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor. You had Jerry West, Gail Goodridge, uh, Happy Harrison at the power four position. And Jimmy Millen was that young infusion of talent that that veteran-laden team really needed because Gail Goodridge was at his prime at age 28, but Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain are both 35 and up. Elgin Baylor, 37. Happy Harrison had been around the league a while. So you need a guy like Jimmy Millen who could fill it up. And he had a really nice baseline jumper. Could get up and down. Had a stocky build, almost like a Mark Aguirre. Definitely wasn't thin. Definitely wouldn't say out of shape or overweight. But definitely a stocky kind of build. Uh, his nickname was Butterball. <laughs> I mean, a 6'5", 215. Nice jumper. Used it a lot. And... In that 71-72 uh, season, one of the best of his career, he averaged, uh, for his career, he averaged uh, 13 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists on the season. Uh, I mean, on the season, on his career. For the season, McMillan averaged 18 points, um, 38 minutes a night, 18 points, and 48% shooting, 79% from the free throw line. Uh, and that was third, just behind uh, Jerry West and Gail Goodrich. So he was definitely getting those points up, and he filled a need for he filled a need for that team, and uh, that was honestly one of the best seasons of his career. Uh, he had a couple seasons from seventy one, seventy two to seventy like four seventy five, where he averaged at least eighteen points a game. But in that seventy two season, he had thirty games where he went for twenty or more points, five games where he went for thirty or more points, one game where he went for forty or more played uh, every game, 80 games, 80 games and 
all playoff games. Was solid in that respect too. Just a really historically underrated small forward, one of many. I mean, you have to remember he his decline kind of came with the ascension of players like the Julius Irvings, guys who skied above the rim of the small forward position, the Marcus Johnsons, the Walter Davis, the ones who took that small forward position to the next level. But for what he was, was very solid. Um, in the playoffs, he raised his game up to 19 points a game, 44% shooting, 85% from the free throw line, and just under six rebounds a game. Uh, so shout out to um, the late, great Jim McMillan. Great career, champion, uh, did stuff in the community. He was just a really good guy. Uh, the second guy I'm mentioning is Elton Brand, who is now 41. 41. Uh, born March 11th in Cortland, New York. Was the first round draft pick, first overall in 1999 by the Chicago Bulls. Went to Duke. Played 17 years in the NBA across five different teams. Uh, with the Chicago Bulls, obviously, the Los Angeles Clippers. The Philadelphia 76ers, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Atlanta Hawks came back to Philadelphia for one final season. Uh, averaged 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists in 1,058 regular season games. Was selected to play in two All-Star games. Uh, I remember him for having a funky mid-range jumper. Funky jump shot in general, but was surprisingly accurate mid-range game. Uh, good low post game, decent rebounder. Played bigger than his size. He was 6'8" but played much bigger than that. Uh, just a really, really solid leader. I went through Atlanta, was a veteran there, went, went, made it to the playoffs five times in his career. Once in his prime at 26 in 2006, where he averaged 25 points a game with 10 rebounds and four assists. Effective field goal percentage of 55%, shot literally 55% from the field. Just insane. Across 12 games, made to the seventh game of the second round of the NBA playoffs that year where they lost to the Phoenix Suns, uh, that run-and-gun Phoenix Suns team. But, I mean, not for lack of effort for him. He literally filled it up uh, as the go-to guy. And then, unfortunately, injuries hit the rest of the Clippers' reign. Um, <laughs> short-lived as it was, just that one season. Uh, Elton Brand suffered injuries in Philadelphia, which limited him. Uh, he played, what? at age 31 so he waited a whole another five years at age 31 to get back to the playoffs so Philadelphia they were um, gone in five and he averaged 15 points and eight rebounds across those games and then his decline was really into full effect the next year just eight points and three and, and four rebounds across 13 games they went a little bit farther um, and then by the time he finished with Atlanta uh, as far as his playoffs were concerned in 2014-2015 he was he was just a little uh, regarded bench player um, really signed there to bring that veteran leadership and to stop up some minutes in the big man position so you know solid career for him uh, front office executive for the Philadelphia 76ers so you know he's a big part of the continuation of that process uh, Joel Embiid trademark there <laughs> so really solid for him he's the current general manager there I pretty much said executive, same thing, but I wanted to spell that out just to make sure we all knew. And, you know, celebrated college career, very good NBA career, good player for him. All right, well, that's it for the Birthday Buds segment. I do have to let you know, though, uh, if you want to bet on birthdays coming up, okay, that's lame. I'm not going to go there. Guys, gals, ladies, gentlemen, friends, please remember mybookie.ag. <laughs> Thank you, because I was uh, trying to do a transition and I was doing a horrible job going there. MyBookie.ag is your one-stop shop for anything um, betting or, or, or betting-related. Uh, also, I mean, we already have resources at HoopBall, HoopDashBall.com, for anything you may need in that regard. But also, please remember MyBookie.ag. 
they're a proud partner of all Hoopball Podcast. Everyone. And we got over 11 of them. All right. Use promo code today when signing up to get a 50% deposit match. That's promo code today, as in this show, NBA Today. Also, Fantasy NBA Today, DFS Today, Today in Sports Betting. I mean, the word today pops up all the time. It should be very simple to easy, simple and easy to remember that. MyBookie.ag, bet, win, get paid. Cover everything from the NBA to the Premier League, which I found out about a week and a half ago with soccer. Who would have thunk it? That shows you how limited uh, outside of basketball my scope runs there. But everything. Can't miss it. Promo code today. 50% deposit match all the way up to $1,000. So make sure you take a look at that. All right. Coronavirus update. Uh, It seems like we're going to have an update for this every year. Or every year. (laughs) I would hope not every year. Every day. And hopefully that gets cut soon. As it's spreading all over. And really taking over alongside um, different, uh, you know, communities, countries, everywhere. It's it, it's it's an unfortunate incident. Hopefully, one that um, can be resolved as soon as possible. But as it relates to the NBA, it, it's it's an issue. Um, it's wreaked havoc on the NCAA tournament, uh, and the NBA is starting to make increasing uh, preparations for possibly playing in empty gyms just necessary personnel and players. I talked about this yesterday, but it's a real possibility. Uh, LeBron James was asked about this. Now, mind you, the first time he was asked about this was, would he play in an empty gym? LeBron wasn't exactly, like, aware of the connotation behind that and the coronavirus, uh, like, subplot that was there. It was just, like, a random question. He's like, well, he just gave it a regular answer. Well, he followed up today when he understood the entire, um, the entire context of COVID-19. Uh, and he said, it's funny, because when I was asked the question of, would you play with no fans, I had no idea that it was actually a conversation going on behind closed doors. And mind you, this is uh, LeBron James quoting here. Uh, obviously, I'd be very disappointed not having the fans, because that's what I play for, my family and my fans. But you got to listen to the people that's keeping track of what's going on, and if they feel like it's best for the safety of the players, safety of the franchise, safety of the league to mandate that, then we all listen to it. So, I mean... He addressed that in this one day after the NBA, NHL, MLB, and MLS jointly announced they will be suspending locker room access for the media due to the coronavirus concerns. And they are very real concerns. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, uh, his hometown, his home country of Italy, was among those hit hardest by the outbreak. Um, They're literally on lockdown. He said he'd be on board for playing behind closed doors if the situation worsens. And uh, ESPN wrote this. This is quoting uh, Gallinari here. I'm in favor because I see everything that's been going on in Europe, not just in Italy. In all of Europe, they stopped every game. They stopped every competition. In between countries, too. So it's not just Italy. The steps they did were playing normal games, then games without fans, and now they're not playing. Hopefully, we won't get to that point where we don't play games anymore. But maybe it's a step forward to play some games with no fans. And this is something that's getting uh, farther and farther to a point. uh, That something may happen. It may get as drastic as that. Weeks ago, I would have scoffed at this idea. But no, it's very real. Uh, Pat Riley expressed skepticism but that, that the league would get to a point where they play games without fans. But he was asked that. And he said, until the league says something or something else happens, I doubt this is going to happen. But guess what, Pat? Until the league says something or something happens, that, that's kind of how things happen. <laughs> like, like they didn't think they'd be playing in front of empty gyms until the league said something or something happened. Well, guess what? The league said something because something happened. This outbreak continued. So the league said something. That's kind of how that works. I, I think Pat was giving an evasive non-answer there, hopefully, because uh, otherwise I don't know what he was saying. Um, 
You had a high-ranking team executive, anonymous, uh, tell Ben Golliver of the Washington Post that he thinks there's a good chance that we will be forced to play games in empty arenas at some point. The virus is spreading quickly. It's not contained. It will not be contained anytime soon. The threat to NBA players and fans could carry on into next season. And again, this is kind of what I'm thinking about. Like, this not only impacts this season, but it's going to possibly going to next season. Because, yeah, we sports fans, us sports fans, look at it in terms of seasons and the NBA and the NFL and all that calendars. But if you look at it in general, like, this transcends all that. It just does. And, and that's and that's real. And it's unfortunate. And it's torn because on the one hand, you hope that, um, you know, that peop- there's real people involved in this. Not just, oh, basketball. Man, how are we going to watch a game in a silent gym? It's not even about that anymore. It impacts this because obviously the show's NBA Today and people cover NBA basketball as kind of the livelihood or, or whatever the case may be, their fandom. But... I mean, the coronavirus extends far behind that. It's families, it's people without jobs, it's people who are sick and have to choose between working and, and possibly contaminating others with that virus or staying home and not getting paid. I mean, there's so many more, there's so much more to this, so many more elements to the story that it's difficult to almost keep it within a basketball lens. But within a basketball lens, it's scary too because, I mean, you want to watch the NBA, content drives off of that. And. You know, if there's no actual basketball being played, what what happens there? But obviously, the first and foremost concern is to stop this widespread outbreak, hopefully get people feeling better, and, 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 and go where that is. And for people who aren't infected, uh, to keep them out of that danger. And you have a lot of people packed in a relatively enclosed area for a couple of hours, coughing, sneezing, all that happens. There's a chance that, yes, you could contract the virus. So it's not like the NBA, MLB, NFL, they're doing everything they're supposed to do, responsibly speaking, to try to prevent that. And we may see further measures taking place up to and including not having games. And it's crazy that we got to that point, but that point is where we've gotten. So, I mean, at this point, it's, you know, we'll have to stay updated, stay tuned, see, see what's going to happen, because you don't know. You just don't know. And, uh, I'm not trying to be woe is woe is the world gloom and doom on NBA today because that is not the goal. I'll let you know right now. It's not at all what I'm intending, but you know, it, it, it behooves it is be it behooves of us to stay aware and up to date on that because you know we're all adjusting to that in real time. All right, so the Houston Rockets breaking just in. I'm recording this on Tuesday, March 10th. They came back and snapped a mini swoon they were having by beating the Minnesota Timberwolves 117 to 111. Uh, the Rockets were trailing throughout most of this. Uh, they had a brief lead uh, in the first quarter, trailed for pretty much all the second, all the third before storming back in a major way in the fourth. Uh, biggest lead for the Timberwolves was 10. Biggest lead for the Rockets was 13 at Monster Fourth Quarter. Game was tied twice. Longest run was a 12-point run, and it was three lead changes. Um, and the Rockets, you know, it was a good bounce back. Um, had the edge on assist, got out rebounded by the Timberwolves, and you know they um they had they they had more turnovers unfortunately. Oh no, they had less turnovers in the second half. The Timberwolves caught up to them because the first half was ugly for the Rockets, but. Defensively, five blocks to the uh, to the um, Timberwolves zero uh, steals. They were tied uh, points wise. If we're going down, who led the Houston Rockets? You had James Harden 
with 37 points on 11-19 shooting. Back to his high efficient ways, 57% from the field, 5 of 10 from 3. Uncharacteristic 10 of 14 from the line, but that's usually because he knocks down more of those. So that happened. Uh, Russell Westbrook at 27 points. Also shockingly efficient. 11 of 17 from the field, 5 of 6 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. They paced the Rockets here, who only had two other players, or three other players in double digits. And at first, when I was watching this game, it was only Harden and Westbrook in double digits. But come that monstrous fourth quarter, uh, Austin Rivers knocked down three key threes throughout the game. 11 points on 4-6 shooting. Eric Gordon at 16 didn't have the greatest efficiency night, 5 of 15 from the field. But then you had Robert Covington, who while also not shooting super great, did have 10 points and 7 rebounds. So you had that production, and that, that was pretty soft for the Rockets to bounce back and get a, a, a key win. They were something a little bit. Uh, and you also had um, a monster game. Sorry, I had to clear my throat there for a second. Also had a monster game from P.J. Tucker, who, again, did not shoot well. Only took one shot, a three. He, made, he took two shots, two threes, made one. Really focused on the defensive end where he tallied two blocks, two steals, and 11 rebounds to lead the Rockets in general. For the Timberwolves, you know, D'Angelo Russell started off hot from three, cooled off, uh, finished with 28 points, 8 of 15 from the field, 5 of 12 from three. Malik Beasley did not have himself a night after playing so well so far for Minnesota. Uh, only five points on 2 of 11 shooting, 1 of 5 from three. But, you know, he's still adjusting game uh, starters minutes, and he's been playing so well in that role, but... You know, defensively, especially with the way the Rockets were, you know, you got to come up and down, and his shot just didn't fall efficiently tonight, and that happened. So that was all for them. I'm happy the Rockets were able to get bounced back because I didn't like how and don't like how the media, uh, NBA fans, have, myself included, have jumped from, oh, small ball is amazing. Look at the way that uh, the Rockets are playing. They could be a real threat throwing every team off, yada, yada. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, it turns out, you know, they lose a couple games. Oh, man, overrated, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Is there trouble with uh, Coach D'Antoni? How's the locker room? I mean, it's overreaction. I get it. It's March. I understand. We have to come up with stories. We do. But let's, again, please have somewhat of a balanced take for this Rockets team. They've had a horrid stretch of basketball. Four-game losing streak just snapped. I get it. I'm not saying that it's not deserved to look at them. When you're a contender and you go on a slide like that, it's natural to go, hey, wait a second. What's going on here? Makes sense to me. I'm not all complaining about that. However, when you when you see the play that, th- that they played, you see the way they played. Outside of a couple uninspired performances that I chalked up to defense and shot variants, shots go in or they don't go in, that's a problem. You know, I, I wasn't too worried and I think in general as a whole like let's let's look at it follow the athletic they have a great team over there that keeps things measured you know uh, uh, just really good articles and whatnot and, and just try not to be reactionary with that that's all that's all uh, Twitter had some fun stuff today I'm gonna run through that real quick uh, first off I'm here for beef always meat eater carnivore whatever the case is uh love beef twitter beef nba beef i'm one of those people who will go on to twitter and if i see like a beef happening i'm not i might like it if it's something funny like a response that i enjoy whatever but i'm just gonna look at it like see the beef follow the comments and that's my entertainment that's all i need i'm good extra points for the pettier i'm all about that petty life but speaking of beef the nba has one right now it's between charles barkley and Draymond green 
been a little back and forth. Charles making fun of Draymond Green with his uh, triple singles that I thought was hilarious. Draymond Green basically saying, Charles Barkley should stop before I go take his job, though. He already ain't making enough money playing, so we need that job. He should stop talking to me. No rings, can't sit at this table. I don't know why I made him sound like Shaq, but that's how I feel like Draymond Green sounds like, like just annoying. Like, take his voice and match it with Jonas Drevko's face, and you have a person I would hate for the rest of eternity. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. Anyway, um, that was uh, Draymond to Charles Barkley, or on Charles Barkley, after Charles Barkley made that triple single joke. And then Charles Barkley came back saying, he's like the guy in the boy band. Okay, I'm not going to do a Charles Barkley impersonation. I don't know it. But he basically says, he's like the guy in the boy band, who's the least important member, and he thinks the crowd is cheering for him. He doesn't really stand next to Justin Timberlake. He don't have the face for TV. He got a face for radio. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, that's perfect. That's gold. And it's the truth. Draymond Green ain't got no face for TV, man. I'm sorry. Great basketball player. One of the best defenders in NBA history. Surprisingly good offensive initiator. Trash talker supreme. But nah, nah, nah. The good sir does not have a face for TV. And props to Charles for calling him out on that. On that. that that's hilarious. And uh, he responded on the Dan Patrick show. And every time I say it, I just have to laugh. I hope it continues. I just hope it does. That's, that's the kind of stuff we need. See, that's the type of content I am okay with during March. Let's not go through these reactionary takes and yada yada this and this team is bad. They lost two games. Oh, they might not make the playoffs or they're going to be swept in the first round, whatever the case is, or the total opposite of that, uh, you know, and this one I truly hate. Rudy Gobert is one of the best offensive centers in the NBA. Do you count how many screen assists he gets per night? Yeah, I am on team no screen assists. I'm sorry. I'm just putting it out there. Like to me, that's honestly like one of the most annoying. I get it. It's part of the game. It's valuable. You count that. But <laughs> I think we're on too far on that end as well. But give me some actual beef. I will take that. That is fine with me. Speaking of that, another uh, overreaction on Twitter. We're doing the MVP talk again. I felt I already knocked it out when I did the whole MVP box breakdown and what boxes need to be checked off to meet the MVP. Valuableness, narrative, team wins, individual statistics. I mean, I... I, I, I thought i handled it pretty well but you know we're still getting listeners on the show nba today follow subscribe on itunes but uh i'm gonna try to do that as the reason why there's still a debate and why there's still issues over whether it's lebron or Giannis. and like i said although i understand why Giannis should win i am on team lebron because i root for the lakers and lebron's had a very good year but the narrative behind it has used everything from he's 35 in year 17 which i also used to he's handled the death of kobe so great which is no non-starter please do not do that y'all please don't that's a troubling trend that can only continue and people profiting off of other people's uh pain is never right and however you want to construe it that's how that is you're basically saying we should award one person an award obviously because of his play but also because of the loss of life of another friend family member whatever the case may be that's sad that that's grief worthy i mean there's there's no way to misconstrue that. There's no way to go past that. That's obvious. But I, I don't think that profiting um, success off of that is 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 a fair uh, shake. I just don't. It's in poor taste. Bringing it up is in poor taste. And I get narrative and, and media and how the media has been trying to spin it in more of a palatable taste, but there's no way you can make that work. It's like honey and, and liver. Honey, liver, and onions. There's no way that that works. Hide all the flavors you want. Okay, that's just an example that I do off the cuff, but you understand exactly what I mean. I don't even mean to make a joke uh, when talking about a topic of this seriousness because it's just not funny. 
It just isn't. But there's other issues. We could talk about LeBron and Giannis with record and um, production and all of this. And you have people now that are going, uh, how do you really believe LeBron is MVP when Giannis has better numbers and his second best player is Chris Middleton? Now we have to make Chris Middleton look bad. Chris Middleton's a solid player. He is. AD's a, a very solid player. Let's not act like Chris Middleton's a scrub to make Giannis look better. No, because Chris Middleton actually plays better when Giannis is down. The statistics are up. Look at it. He's more uh, assertive offensively. He plays more efficiently. Not saying that he doesn't need Giannis because that is not at all what I'm trying to say. But Chris Middleton is no slouch. Do not get it twisted, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Middleton is no slouch. Let's not do that to the brother. At Justin A-G-Y-E Mang. All one word, but I didn't want to say A-G Mang or mispronounce it. But you ask that question, don't, don't. You could have just said, how do you believe LeBron is MVP when Giannis is better numbers? Question mark. Don't have to throw Chris Middleton under the bus like that and make him look like something he's not. He's not trash. All right? It's not like Kobe Bryant in 2006 where we had to look down at Kwame Brown, Smush Parker, and Brian Cook. All right? Let's, let's not do that to the man. Let's not do that. Anyway, uh, Mr. Justin A.G. Mang was asking Jared Dudley, and Jared Dudley responded with a well-reasoned take for someone who's actually on LeBron's side, saying both are deserving. One player's a whole new team, new coaching staff, and preseason had Lakers at the fourth seat. Lakers didn't even make the playoffs last year. Look to on-court to off-court numbers. Bucks have pretty much everybody back from last year and finished first. Now, I understand what Jared's trying to say with the narrative and everything. He's checking some of those boxes. But at the same time, you're right. Like, the Bucks have the same put-back everybody, and Giannis is raised to another level. That's just as simple as it is. So, that's pretty solid. Pretty solid all together. Now, don't take that as a knock on LeBron. He's played fine. Lead leagues and assists, and I think that longevity and age does come into play. The fact that he's even able to be nominated as an MVP candidate in his advanced basketball career is saying a whole lot. The fact that he's been dominant as he has is saying a whole lot. This statement weekend that he had being the Bucks and the Clippers, back-to-back games, well, not consecutively back-to-back, but in that same span, yes. I agree. And it's not like this hasn't been done before. It's not like precedence hasn't been there. In 2011, points, assists, rebounds, steals. Points LeBron, assists Derrick Rose. Rebounds LeBron, steals LeBron, blocks LeBron. Field goal percentage, effective field goal percentage, true shooting percentage, PR, win shares, win shares per 48 minutes, blocks per minute, VORP. All of those I mentioned, all those LeBron got the edge in. But guess who won MVP? Derrick Rose. Why? Narrative. I brought that up already. 2018. James Harden, points per game. James Harden steals per game. LeBron rebounds, assists, blocks, turnovers, down the brand, uh, field goal percentage, all of that. LeBron had better numbers than Harden, but Harden won. One, Harden was jilted twice. Two, Harden had the narrative, played better, and it was a storyline. But if you want to look at just raw numbers, which is another dangerous precedent to go to, you're not evaluating the whole story. You just aren't. Look at numbers again. Steph Curry. Points per game and the steals per game had the edge over second place, who was <laughs> coincidentally LeBron, who got the edge in rebounds, assists, blocks, uh, and field goal percentage. And Steph Curry was unanimously picked to be MVP. Rightfully so. I'm not saying he wasn't supposed to be. Rightfully so. Look at that season he had. But just saying, if we look at numbers there, boom. All right? Like, we, we got we gotta we gotta be respectful. We got to look at it all. Take all of those. All right? 
Everything goes into consideration. Everything. You take one or the other, then you pick and choose what you want to accept and what you don't want to accept. Then you get a little sketchy. Then you get a little, little, little bit of um. You get a little bit of a uh, murky waters there. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. At the end of the day, though, this is like this is a random MVP race. We know Giannis is gonna win. I feel like I gave it a little too much talking points already. But why not? I had the time for it today. <laughs> I truly did. All right. So I mean, all I say is, y'all, let's be cool about it. Right now, we have a lot bigger things to worry about than Giannis versus LeBron. For example, 2K is going to make an NFL game. Ask me that five years ago, I would have been so excited. But with all the microtransactions and nonsense they brought to NBA 2K, I am not excited for it at all in the slightest. No way. Thank you. Goodbye. That That's, that's some serious stuff right there. Now, I'm obviously just messing around. All right, so, you know, that's going to do it for NBA today. Please make sure you follow at HoopBallTweets. Follow me at CorbinNBA. I'm going to start ramping it up um, with my regular season autopsies, breaking down some teams. That's taking a little legwork uh, to put some stats together and, and, and kind of get the storyline of the team together. But that is the hope to get that started as soon as possible. Uh, we're only uh, 40 days out, 45 days out before the playoffs. Uh, uh, knock on everything that continues. So that's something to keep track of. But follow me at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out HoopBall and the amazing coverage and resources they have there. All right, uh, several different podcasts, Fantasy NBA Today, DFS Today, Today in Sports Betting, Box Score Breakdown, NBA Today, uh, Coz and Bruce Show, Hoop, Cat, Hoop Ball Nets Cast, Clippers Cast, Lakers Cast, Grizzlies Cast, Pelicans Cast, and Kings Cast. All of that, said it all in one mouthful. Make sure to do that. They got some Bulls coverage now. All right. Also, do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review this bad boy on iTunes. It's only going to get better, ladies and gentlemen, so I'd appreciate you giving me that help there. Let me know what you want to see more of. Let me know where I can improve on. Uh, this is a process. Only trying to get better every day. So, uh, and literally, it's a daily podcast, so every day. But thank you for your time. Hope you are having a wonderful Wednesday. Make sure to use mybookie.ag. Proud partner, All Hoop Ball Podcast, promo code today. All right? Take care. Thank y'all. All right, y'all. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.